welcome to Here's My Number, So Call Me Ishmael, the podcast formerly known as Bookum Danny Darko. It's a cultural quiz show and so much more. I'm Tony and this is Austin. And with us today is our very first guest, Lauren Borsma. Hello, Lauren. Hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Tony? I'm doing well. Um, Lauren, would you like to introduce yourself to the listening audience? Yeah, sure. Um, I would love to. This this part is like a little intimidating because it's like when your professor in class says like, all right, now we're going to go around the room and say something interesting, please, about yourself. Lauren, you don't um, – l- listen, Lauren, you are interesting just as you are. You don't have to try hard. Okay, well, um, I – know you tony mm-hmm. i know tony really well we did improv together in college austin and i just met and it was great electric very much so and i so like what i do for a living i um work at a camp and i do like environmental outdoor education actually this morning i volunteered at an adventure race, like a winter, like challenges in the woods, running around, crazy people. Um, I kind of feel and... like you're uh, kind of feel like you're pushing this volunteer thing. Um, <laughs> kind of feel like you're making I'm, a big deal of I'm that. I'm very charitable and magnanimous. I'm a really good person. Austin, would you like to give your first impressions of Lauren? <laughs> <clears throat> charitable. Okay. Magnanimous. I'm just looking over my notes uh, <laughs> from earlier. Yeah, Austin's, um, a very, Austin's a very good listener, Lauren. You'll find. <laughs> I'm an active listener. I'm. I have a really open posture right now. You can't tell because I'm. <laughs> it's only audio, but I'm. I'm, I'm leaning toward you. Yeah. I'm leaning in. Don't worry. Austin, your your nonverbals on this podcast are very strong. You're picking them up great. I'm yeah. so glad. Yeah. Um. Our our non our nonverbal non tangibles are the, that I think that's probably the big thing that we bring to the world of podcasting. Yeah, right. Because you know you've had you've had quiz show podcasts before, but I don't think any of them have been as. I don't think the hosts of any of those podcasts lean in nearly as hard as we do. No, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. We could just turn the audio off. We could and have a great this, podcast. It could be, yeah, exactly. I, we could output out, uh, just an hour of us leaning in so hard. <laughs> people would still love it. Uh, oh, if only. Lauren. It is it is good to have you on this podcast. Thank you so much. As you said, you you and I have known each other since college, which uh, we're approaching. We are approaching, I think, what eight years of knowing one another. Yeah! Wow, that's crazy. It is. It's nearly a third of of our lives. Yeah, it is. And I have changed a bit. <laughs> I've changed. Uh, I have become better, and uh, I. I wish. I wish that I had improved. But... <laughs> yeah, you've been pretty stagnant. I I didn't want to say anything, but you have been pretty stagnant. It's more lateral motion for for Lauren. Right. Than, yeah, but I started way higher than you Tony. So like, I, it's, I've been so playing a game of catch up, and I'm just now getting to the point where I think that I will be surpassing you as a human. Yeah, pretty soon. I'm working, if I don't I'm, working, really... I'm working on my magnanimity as a human. I think that's the I think yeah. that's the final uh, the, the the final uh, chapter in my development. And you guys, Humanity. you guys, the awesome transition I just made as I said the word chapter, and the theme of today's episode is a new chapter. 
So well named because we are opening a new chapter in the life of this podcast by introducing a guest into it. Tony, I really uh, I appreciate your dedication to um, podcast name or to episode names on this podcast. Oh my! Goodness, That's one Lord. thing that I have very much appreciated as a listener. Wow! Another new chapter. We have a listener. <laughs> I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried that by bringing Lauren onto this podcast, we have cut our listening audience in half. <laughs> Austin, I also I don't actually. I guess I just assumed there that Tony named the episodes, and that was very rude of me. So I'd like to. Apologize. Oh, that's all right. It's very magnanimous for you to apologize, but he does. He does <laughs> okay. name them. The division of labor in this podcast, I feel, is a little is a little slanted. Uh, it's I, like I, I in terms of here's here's what I'll say, Austin. In terms of uh, time, if you just measure it in terms of time, I do put more man hours into the podcast. But I think that you bring something. You know, let's let's harken back to the word intangible. I think the the intangibles that you bring to this podcast can't be measured in units of time. Wow, thanks, Tony. And Lauren, you've been pretty good so far too. Thank you so much. As I said, we are calling this podcast a new chapter. The first category of questions is book chapters. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to list off chapters from a book, and it is your responsibility to come up with the name of the book from which I am pulling these chapter titles. Lauren, if you could just uh, text me the answers. <laughs> so you understand you understand the premise. So if I were to say something like, The Boy Who Lived, you would say... Harry Potter! Which one? The, and the Sorcerer's, Sorcerer's Stone. Stone. Good. Good teamwork, you guys. It could also be The Boy in the Striped Pajamas. Is there right? really a chapter called does, The Boy Who Lived? Does he, does, he die, does he die at the end? Okay, well, let's not spoil it. I haven't seen it. Neither have I. My, uh, my husband's school watched it on Thursday. I could go downstairs and ask him. Uh, <gasps> oh, so uh, that's guys, all right. You guys are still married, huh? We are. In, in fact, we are. Still doing that thing? Yeah. Um, it's pretty good so far. Yeah. Austin, I attended Lauren's nuptial celebrations a little while ago. Uh-huh. This This summer. Yeah, just just to prove to everyone in the listening audience that we are in fact actually friends. Right. <laughs> I was there for her nups. I was <laughs> I was there for your nups, Lauren. Uh, that was a really good way to organically introduce facts about your life while staying on theme of the podcast. I appreciated Thank that. You. I'm trying to figure out how I can weasel in that I gave blood and worked at a soup kitchen this morning. <laughs> no, I think but, that was uh, a good way to do it. I'll I'll wait for my moment. <laughs> I um, think the uh, I think the bold face, no attempt to hide it approach worked really well for you just now. Oh, perfect! It's all it's a lie. I slept in oh. and made <laughs> and made soup for myself. Um, <laughs> so you did work just, in a soup kitchen, but it was your kitchen Austin, and the soup was you for like you. To, would you like me to, to say something like terrible about myself so that? Like, so to, we we get back to a level playing field. Balance yeah, it out. out that I volunteered for something this morning. Oh sure, yeah. Give me a give me a fact. Give me a give me uh, some dirt. Something really terrible about myself. Um, one time I accidentally punched a, a child in the face at the movie theater. Yes. Were they talking during a uh, Harry Potter? 
No, but I would have punched someone in the face if, if that had happened. Uh, no, I, we were late. I was late for a movie and I was running in and I heard the 20th Century Fox like, right? Which indicated to me that I had made it in time for the movie and I sort of just. Exactly. I just I gesticulated very wildly, not realizing that there was a very short child at about my hand height. And I, I just sort of smacked him across the face. Oh, Can you describe perfect. the physiological ramifications of your actions, Lauren? Actually, it was very sad because he apologized to me. <laughs> oh, no. So I, I hit him. I'm and then sorry, he went, I'm, I'm so sorry. And then he ran away. Oh. I know. So I hope that's... Now, now you can feel better about yourself. I hope that's not his kind of canned reaction to getting hit by adults. <laughs> I hope that's so, so sad to apologize. Like I did something wrong, so I got hit for it. Yeah. Oh, that's some dark shit. It is. When people say kids these days, I'm just going to bring that that kid up as like a counterpoint. Kids, it well, also, you know, kids these days. <laughs> yeah, people love the person in a room that challenges them on common idioms. <laughs> Yeah. That's the fun, that's the fun person at a party. <laughs> I feel uh I feel like we're you just passed like, the baton. I feel like to I'm me. on the moral high ground of this podcast. I sometimes I sometimes volunteer, and I've never hit a child. So <laughs> two, two, two for two two for two, two for two. <laughs> on guys, our moral can checklist. Please, can we please get to the freaking trivia? Yes. yes. Okay. Sorry. So <clears> yes, very much. Go ahead. I'm going to read off some chapters, and you are going to name me the book. As soon as you know it, you may shout it out. Here we go. The Shadow of the Past. Mm. A Conspiracy Unmasked. Mm. Many Meetings. Oh, uh, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship <gasps> of the Ring. Oh, Austin! Yeah! That was so good! Many meetings is one of my favorite chapters in Lord of the Rings. Very good. Can you tell um, me? I should have. I I feel like just based on my entire eight year relationship with Tony, that before Tony, <laughs> that before Tony listed a chapter title, I should have just said the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. We actually haven't talked about Lord of the Rings that much on this podcast, which is stunning to me. Um, which I wanted to rectify. Yes, uh, so can either of you tell me uh, what the, a, the Shadow of the Past chapter is about? Hmm. Lauren, any guesses? I'm thinking, I mean, we don't find out, do we know, like, the origin story of the One Ring in the oh, Fellowship, or do we not? Oh my god, you're so good! Yes, in The Shadow of the Past, Gandalf tells Frodo the true nature of the ring and how it must be taken to Mordor to destroy it. Sam, who has been listening at the window, is told to accompany Frodo. And in many meetings, it's uh, Frodo's first day of work at that insurance company, yep. and he's got to he's got to sit down with HR and really hammer out details of his of his employment contract. <laughs> yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's the, that's when we meet Sam in the books. Yes, uh, I ain't been dropping no Eve, sir. Right. Please don't, don't turn, turn me into, into anything. Frog or anything unnatural. unnatural. <laughs> that actually, I think you may be right about that. I think that might be the first time that we meet. Sam, certainly the first time that we meet him in any serious context, you may get a passing reference to him at the party. Can I tell you guys what I was hoping? 
I was yes. hoping that after The Shadow of the Past and A Conspiracy Unmasked that you would guess Phantom of the Opera because those both sound like Phantom of the Opera sort of uh, sounding titles. Hmm. Yeah, the, the Phantom would literally be A Shadow of the Past. Right. And he wears and a mask, mask and he conspires quite a bit. Does a lot of conspiring. He does. That's actually like his his predominant mode of thought is conspiratorial. <laughs> it's true. As musical theater is, I don't know whether he's the protagonist or the antagonist. Uh, I think so. He's, what's what's the word for? I think he's sort of an antihero. Maybe would be a yeah. Be he's apt. sort of Byronic. Byronic, um, isn't it Byronic? <laughs> it's like a. Uh... Austin, did you get that joke? Yeah, I was trying to think of a literary like character that rain. rhymed with rain. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Wedding day. <laughs> yeah, that would have been funny. Um, I've that? only read I've only read Lord of the Rings twice, and it's amazing how vividly I remember those chapter titles. It speaks to Same. the quality. It speaks to the quality of the of the of the of the, of the, of the work at hand. Right, and they're just so they're such pithy. There's such pithy descriptions of the happenings in those chapters that I guess you just identify those moments yeah. with the titles. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Way to go, J.R.R. <laughs> Sometimes I wish that uh, like that authors went by their actual abbreviated names in everyday life. Like, <laughs> like George hey, R.R. What, R. What's up? What's up, George R.R.? What's up, J.K.? what's up jk that would be a problem if jk <laughs> Rowling and jk simmons hung out yeah that's true which i <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't just really but just like everyone who has the same name as someone else actually <laughs> that's true i guess i guess that does happen on occasion <laughs> well in college we would have these uh these these kind of group dates where our whole our whole floor would uh go do something fun and you'd all invite a girl from a different floor and we we had themes, so you know, one we went to, we all like dressed up in fancy southern clothes and went to the horse races. Wow! Um, or like we'd all go play mini golf. Um, but one of the group dates that we did, I, I noticed that we you just... kind of let in with the classy one there, and then sort of <laughs> <laughs> batted cleanup with 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 putt putt with the mini golf. <laughs> we kind of hung out in the hung out in the sewers on the third one. <laughs> No, uh, but one of the themes was just Sarah, in which we all invited a girl named Sarah and had the meet in the lobby. We had the meet in the lobby ten minutes before we all came down, so it was just all these girls introducing themselves to each other, finding out that they're all named Sarah. Oh, so you didn't tell them beforehand? They found out. No, we did not tell them beforehand. Oh, that's superb. No, no, no. Yeah, it was great. A lot of them left before uh, before we made it down to the lobby. Um, <laughs> But the ones that stayed had a great day of uh, picking up trash on the side of the highway. <laughs> Man, what a great floor date. The next book, <clears throat> chapters include Clevenger, Havermeyer, Nately's Whore, Major, 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 and Yesarian. I have this strong sense of it's a it's sort of dystopian. It's like a classic. It is a classic. Like a classic. You read it in in English class. It, it, you would, and it's not necessarily oh, dystopian. Oh, 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 I know. What is it? Catch twenty two. Oh, you're so good. 
Oh, man. Yes. Nice pickup, Lauren. I've never read it. Yes. The chapter titles are almost entirely or maybe entirely character names. You thought it was dystopian, and it's, I think, absurdist maybe would be a bit closer yeah. or uh, what's what's the word well, I'm looking first, for? Very dark my first humor? Impulse was, my first impulse was Fahrenheit 451. That's because it has a number and in then, the title. And then, yeah, I think so. And then I thought Vonnegut. Okay. Like some something. And you zeroed just, in on it. Interestingly, the, Kurt the Vonnegut has a book called Slaughterhouse-Five, which is another book about World War II that has a number in the title. So basically my brain just is a genius. Your brain is a genius. <laughs> your, the, vessel, the vessel it walks in, the body that you are, less so. But your <laughs> yeah. brain, extremely genius. It, I, it's a very philosophical, you know, I, I am my body, my brain <laughs> it's very is an organ. <laughs> yes, Catch-22... And while well, Yasserian is the main character, and then the the other character t- uh, chapter titles are other ancillary characters in the book, all of whom are very funny and interesting. That book is incredibly good. I've decided mostly for this category to include books that I really, really, really love, and then there's one book that I really, really hate. So that'll be that'll be a hint for you as we're going forward. Um, Perfect. For the next book, I am facing a bit of a moral dilemma which I'm going to tell you about now. I want to maybe restrict one of you from guessing on this book because one of you, I am positive, has an incredibly intimate knowledge of this book. And as such, it might not be fair to include you. But if I say which one of you it is and the fact that you have an intimate knowledge of it, it might give it away. Mm. How do you think I should approach this? Why, how about this? You you read a couple questions, okay, and then Lauren and I will count down from three. Ooh, um, and if it's me, I'll say yes, and if it's Lauren, she'll say yes, and the other person will say no. Oh my sweet baby goodness, that is a very good idea. <clears throat> <clears throat> the chapter titles are: Fire on the Mountain, Painted Faces, and Long Hair, Gift for the Darkness. And the last one will totally give it away, so I'll save that one for later. I will count down from three, and the person who believes that they are the person with an unfairly intimate knowledge of this book should say yes on the count of three. Are you ready? Ready. Lauren, are you also ready? Ready. One, two, three. No. Both of oh, you think no. no? Okay, well that's perfect. No, this is great. <laughs> this is be- no, this is better than I could ever imagine. Um, this okay. This is this is great. Then in that case, I get to give you guys more clues. Yay! I mean, I like I have a guess. Well, I'll give you more clues, and then and then we can continue. How's that sound? Okay. All right. All right. I'm not guessing. <clears throat> the chapter title: Fire on the Mountain. Oh, actually, yes, it's me. Yes, it is you. You're very. Lucky. <laughs> um, uh, so, Austin, I will give you a clue now. Oh, just kidding. It's me. <laughs> no! <laughs> Uh-oh. Who's going to be? Uh, who, who wrote the little mark on their hand so you know it's the real one? <laughs> you got to tell. Um, no, it's not me. So this go is, ahead. Uh, give me some clues. Give me some clues. Uh, there's a scene in the Madeline Lengel novel, A Wind in the Door, wherein there are two identical copies of their principal. And I think they're principal. 
Anyway, one of the characters, yeah. there are two identical copies, and they have to figure out which one is which. So that's what's happening right now. <laughs> um, Fire on the Mountain is in reference to an attempt to build a signal fire to help someone get rescued, and the signal fire gets out of control. Painted Faces and Long Hair is in reference to the fact that uh, some characters paint their faces and have long hair. Gift for the Darkness. Now, if you've read the book, this will be very helpful. If the Gift in the Darkness is in reference to the head of an animal that is killed by some of the characters and is left in the woods. I'm going to... I am going to stop you right there. Stop me. Um... The the screenplay of Mel Gibson's Apocalypto <laughs> is the is the written work we're talking about. Final answer. <laughs> no, uh, uh, Lord of the Flies. Yes, very well done. Yes, it is the head of a boar or a sow, I guess. And may I may I interject for a moment? I would I would yes, it please. Please me to no end for you to interject, Lauren. To to say that. I taught this book, which is right. why Tony was... That is, that is the in, unfair like, advantage about that I, the thought, I, I, I thought you had, Lauren. <laughs> so I was an English teacher for a little bit, but I assume, like, I guess I was assuming intimate knowledge as in, like, I really loved it. Uh, oh. That's kind of what I was thinking, too, Lauren. Yeah. yeah. So I was, um, like, thinking through all the books I really loved, and I was like, oh, this isn't, you know, these aren't sounding familiar or like this isn't 50 shades of gray <laughs> this isn't my favorite <laughs> this is this isn't babysitters my favorite, club favorite number seven club. <laughs> number, uh, number seven was a good one though yeah lauren, lauren yeah, was going lots. through every single babysitters club title she could think of <laughs> well it could apply to when claudia joined the babysitters club because she had long hair and she was the only one allowed to wear makeup oh did you just make that up this... no claudia That's was true. fashionable that's so cool. Yeah. I'm very impressed by your knowledge of Babysitter's Club. I am too. I'm very impressed with your knowledge of of books that you read more than 10 minutes ago because I forget, <laughs> gosh, I forget plot points so fast. Uh, the um, chapter title that would have would have given it away, I think, for Lord of the Flies would be The Shell and the Glasses. Mm. Oh, yes. In reference to the conch and Piggy's glasses. No spoilers. Don't say any spoilers. No spoilers. To quickly circle back, Lauren, you you did teach uh, Lord of the Flies, and I knew that, and I thought it would endow you with an unfair advantage. And perhaps the word intimately familiar was too evocative of romantic love, and that's why you were led to believe that it was a book that you loved, not just one that you taught. Yeah, but you know what? Intimacy doesn't have to be restricted to romantic love. That's so, true. So wise. So wise. Um, Lauren, are you reading any good books right now? Um, let me think. I Well, okay, so I, I've really been wanting to read Ragtime. I know that is not specifically an answer to your question. Uh, but I, <laughs> it's very much not an answer to his question. <laughs> um, has either of you read Ragtime? I have not. No, I haven't. Doc Foro? Okay, so that's that's like the, the book on my list. But... I have gone to three different libraries in the Grand Rapids area, and it was either not at like not a book that they offer at that particular library, or not, all not of its in, copies stock, were checked so out. Speak. Not in stock, or all of its copies were checked out at the three Grand Rapids libraries that I went to. Goodness, that's unusual. Very upsetting. 
Um, but I'm currently reading a book called Landmarks by Robert McFarlane. Okay. Any relation and to Seth MacFarlane? Is it a sort of a, a raunchy teen boy comedy? Uh, it what? is quite far from that, but they yeah. could still be related because sometimes people in families do different things. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Sure. What is sorry, what is this book about? It's it's a a book about language. It's like a linguistics book and about how language is connected to place sociolinguistically. So it's both sort of like a catalog of different words used for different places in certain languages, particularly dead or dying languages, but also like the sociolinguistic effects of the words that are used to refer to sort of characteristics of a place or ecological characteristics of nature um, and how that kind of affects the way that 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 particular language perceives place. Nerd alert. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, that is why I'm reading. I'm sorry. Austin asked me. (laughs) No, I I, I, asked uh... you if you were reading a good book. He didn't ask you if you're the world's hugest nerd. <laughs> uh, that sounds great. Club number seven, <laughs> <laughs> in which uh, the Babysitters Club burns down a national forest. <laughs> yeah. Um, um. Cool. No, that sounds uh, that sounds good, and it sounds like it has some strong applications to to daily life. Very, um, very cool. much so. Austin, are you reading an interesting book? Is that why? Is what are you? What are you reading? Oh, you think I was fishing for a? Well, that's guys. guys, Ask me what I'm reading. (laughs) Um, Nobody ever asks any questions without the expectation of that question being asked of them as well, which is why trivia is such a weird thing. It really is. Just asking back the trivia master. (laughs) Well, what what year? What year uh, was was the Vietnam War then? Austin, that's Um, many years. Yeah, I know. It's a bad joke. Um, if you had gone, gone with the Battle of Hastings, I would have said 1066 because that's when the Battle of Hastings is. Right, and that was a question the last time I was at trivia, and you weren't there, so we got it Nerd wrong. Alert. <laughs> Nerd alert! Awesome. Um, what book are you reading? I am reading. It's taken me way too long to read uh, the War of the Worlds. I just found a cool copy. Yeah, you did. So I've been revisiting it. It's very good. It's very evocative. It feels very modern. Great analog to what it would be like to be in wartime Britain yeah. at the turn of the century. I just finished a book called The Master and Margarita, which blew my mind. It's a Russian novel about Satan making a, a little visit to the Soviet Union and just thinking that it's a pretty sweet place. <laughs> um, and uh, it's but it was funny. By Russian, so they can say that. Yes, yes, yes. It's funny, it's dark, it was banned there for like 30 years, Okay. but now is considered one of the best novels of the 20th century. Uh, highly Russian recommend it. novels, man. Yeah, crazy. And it's it's so much more approachable than your, your War and Peace here. Yeah, um, I, I will say, like, they're all well, yeah. on like the best books of all time lists, but many Russian novels I have a very difficult time getting through. I agree. And one of the things that I noticed about this book that made it hard is that uh, all the characters have three names. They have their first and last name, and then they have the name that they go by on a daily basis, and they're all different. And so to try and keep track, especially in something like War and Peace, 
when that's the case, it's just, it's so hard to keep track of that many characters. Yeah. yeah gotta have a little notebook with you. You do. That's what I appreciated always about the Wheel of Time series. Mm. They had a they had an index in the back <laughs> describing all the characters and their relationship to one another. <laughs> yeah, and those uh those paperback Star Wars novels would do that too at the yes, beginning. They would. All right, well good. Uh Tony, I don't care what you're reading. Okay. So let's move on. To, let's okay. move on to the Okay, then I won't tell you. I won't tell right. you, I won't tell you that I just finished the, the Crying of Lot 49 by Thomas Pynchon. I won't bother, I won't bother I won't bother to get around to tell you that. Did uh did you ever find out what they were uh they're going to use that lot for? Well, I'm not going to I'm not going to spoil anything. Okay, last little tangent. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, because I'm interested in Florence Reddit cuz she uh she likes Wheel of Time and this is kind of a similar, but uh, in Stephen King's The Dark Tower cycle. Have you read it, Lauren? I have not. That's <clears throat> never made it to that one. It's very good. He 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 weaves in a lot of uh, modern novels, so there's some Harry Potter references and some Wizard of Oz kind of stuff. But anyway, the lot uh, there's a there's a very important location in the books, and it's uh it, they, it's called Lot Forty Nine. Oh, um, interesting. So that's how I became familiar with that book, and then I read the Thomas Pynchon yes. novel afterwards. It's yeah. very good. It is good. I agree. Uh, cool. Well, then let's let's continue with the trivia. That was a that was a nice uh, little uh, side segment on learning about ourselves and each other. Indeed. The next book, the final book about which we are going to talk, is the book that I mentioned earlier being my least favorite book. It is objectively the worst book ever written, and it's horrible and terrible, and nobody likes it because it's the worst book ever written. I'm going Are to. Austin and I allowed to guess before chapter titles? Oh, if you're if you're able to guess it, I will be very impressed. So I, I get, yeah, you... each of you each of you can put in one guess for what you think is the worst book of all time. Okay, Austin, all right. Would you like to go ahead, or do you want me to start? I'm just going to guess a genre. My mother, bless her, wonderful <laughs> woman, really likes these uh these kind of paperback love stories. Oh, um. But they're not the they're not the fun kind. Not like the smutty. That's kind. like, yeah, it's not the kind of like, you know, taken in the dark with like really you know sexy <laughs> right. honks on the front, um, and ladies. Uh, <laughs> no, they're they're all uh, they're all Amish themed. Oh. Uh, so it's all just a very demure <laughs> Amish lady kind of looking off through the fields. <laughs> At a sunset, and they have titles like um, "Waiting for Him" or <laughs> like an un- an unexpected romance, or yeah, like I married my cousin or something. <laughs> you know, no disrespect to the Amish; they're great. Books are great. My mom's great, but uh, <laughs> the combination those, of your mom, those books, and the Amish less so. Right, less so. So uh, that's my guess. The genre of Amish. <laughs> Easily digestible romance fiction. Uh, you know, that's not the book that came to mind for me personally, although that may be true. Uh, Lauren, <laughs> would you like to posit a guess? Yeah, sure. I recognize that this is an important work of fiction, but I'm going to go with Moby Dick. Oh, interesting. I actually Ooh. really like Moby Dick. So... Oh, I hate Moby Dick so much. Really? Lauren, do you know what, do you know what the name of this podcast is? <laughs> 
I do, but it's, you can make a, a a topical joke without appreciating the subject matter from which it is drawn. That's true. I make a lot of Daughtry jokes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I so no, I actually really like Moby Dick, so I um am equal parts offended and disturbed that you would bring that up. Well, fine, you're just stupid. <laughs> No, so I'm, I'll, I'll read off the, the chapter titles. I'll, I'll read off the first two, and I think the third one will give it away. The first chapter title is The Pool of Tears. The second chapter title is Who Stole the Tarts? Oh, can I guess? Uh, <laughs> sort of the nature of this podcast, uh, Lauren, is that, yeah, you will posit a guess. <laughs> okay, I'm to say Alice in Wonderland yeah, that you may you, you say it and you you nailed it Alice's, wow. adventures, Alice's adventures in Wonderland yeah I guess Alice in Wonderland is the film version eh? yes yes that book is terrible it is like reading a nightmare and <laughs> I would rather I would rather read a thousand non-smutty Amish romance novels than read Alice's adventures <laughs> in Wonderland again that is interesting Tony do you is it because you um no, that's a dumb question. I was going to say, is it because you like books more grounded in realism? But no, it has uh, nothing to do with the lack of no. realism. It has everything to do with the fact that it is—it's so nightmarish. It's like it's like reading a hellscape. I just—I—I I don't know if I can quite explain it. Sure, no, I you don't have to. It—it it, it does. Like, I mean, I think that the author really achieved that sort of like ethereal, dreamlike feel. Yes. Oh, mm. definitely. And but, and I do think that. So this, if you don't like. To feel like you are dreaming, and there is conflict in your dream, i.e., a nightmare. Then yeah. I can understand why you would not like that book. Yeah, uh, I, you have described things that I don't like. So <laughs> <laughs> the 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 chapter that I think would have given it away was the Queen's Croquet Ground. Mm. Mm. But but really, the chapter that gave it away were the ones that Lauren guessed based on. What? So she got it right. <laughs> yes, because she did get it right. What and were the chapters again that you said? The Pool of Tears. The chapter The Pool of Cheer- Tears is when Alice of Alice's Adventures in Wonderland fame is crying, but she is huge, so her tears fill up like the, the room where she's in, and she has to swim, and that's when she meets the mouse, and the mouse is swimming. Who Stole the Tarts is when the... The King of Hearts. The, queen of Hearts. Yes. Uh, who Stole the knave. Queen of Hearts Tarts. Yes, the Knave of Hearts is accused of stealing the Queen's Tarts. Which sets about the trial in which Alice of Alice in Adventures in Wonderland fame is called as a witness, and the Queen's Croquet Ground is is where where they play croquet. Right. So those. I mean, are you're books. making me want to. You're making me want to read this book. Oh, it's so. Oh, it's terrible. I don't. I, <laughs> I, I can't describe how terrible it is. Uh, the next category <clears throat> is Disney sequels. So a, a new chapter in the world of famous Disney stories. So, for instance, you know, there's a Pocahontas 2 and there's a Little Mermaid 2. Uh, Lion King 1 and a half. Lion King 1 and a half and Lion King 2. Uh, the first of the Disney sequels about which I want to talk is The Hunchback of Notre Dame 2. Would either of you like to guess what the tagline of The Hunchback of Notre Dame 2 is? Well, let me first say that you we have now reached a topic 
that I despise because <laughs> I hate sequels to Disney movies because there's just no like plot value to them at all. Okay. Because so, uh... mostly they're like recreations of the plot of the first one. What? Because children are too dumb it will. to realize that they just like it because they liked the first one and they made the first one again. It will please it's you true. to know. It will please you to know that the the <clears throat> plot of the Hunchback of Notre Dame two is not like the first one. Okay, I actually I have seen it. Oh, have you? Yes, Quasimodo falls in love with a girl named Madeline. Yeah, man, you. I was gonna. Ugh. Wait, he doesn't end up with Esmeralda in the first one? No, she ends up with Phoebus. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I guess I haven't I mean, seen that in a while. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's kind of a... Uh, yeah, it's kind of a dark movie, the first one. So, Lauren, you're saying that your problem with these movies is that you don't believe someone can find love again? That's exactly what I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> Do you believe that ugly people don't deserve to have love, Lauren? Yeah, I just think it's more realistic. You, uh, <laughs> unlike, unlike Cher, you do not believe in life after love. <laughs> I am, uh, I would say that Cher and I are pretty much opposites. <laughs> in most ways. In most ways. You okay, so here's my guess. You still haven't guessed what yeah. the tagline is. So, so, Hunchback of Notre Dame 2 do you believe in life after love? <laughs> <laughs> oh, startlingly close, can... actually. The true tagline is "Miracles do happen, and true love can come true." Wow yeah. is the is the and in italics? It's, like I, uh, I, I spoke. Like, Wait, that was the tagline, yes. or that was the title? That's the tagline. The tagline is "Miracles do happen, and true love can come true." Which is sort of the everything in a bag of chips approach to taglines where you just sort <laughs> yeah. of, you just kind of catch, you try to catch every emotional, uh, every emotional connection you can get with your audience and put it all in your tagline. So Austin still gets to guess the title then? There is no subtitle, unfortunately. You, for the oh, rest of the movies, you will be guessing the subtitle. Gotcha. One of my questions was going to be, do you think that Quasimodo can find true love, but... If you already know that he found true love with Madeline, that's a dumb question, and, and you already know the answer. Can we go well, back? Can you, can you ask me that, please? Austin, do you think that Quasimodo can try and f- find true love? I don't know, but I got a hunch. <laughs> uh, Austin, can you ask, can you ask me if, if I think that Quasimodo can find true love? Tony, do you think Quasimodo can find true love? I don't know, but he has an equal right to love as anyone else who is more or less attractive than he is because I don't think that people should be physically determined to live a life that we hold in the preconceptions that we have about their physical appearance. Lauren, comments? Wow, I'll try to fit. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that could fit on the DVD sleeve. No, uh, that's, yeah, when I, when I wrote my review about the movie, they, they decided to do just a very small snippet of that on the back. <laughs> Um, there's a there's a, a Star Wars esque opening right, crawl. Yeah, an opening crawl of my that has that disclaimer. <laughs> um, I I would like to say that part of the reason that I have seen the sequel is that this is my actually my favorite Disney film. The it original. Is. It is. Yeah. Is really. Yes. And when I was like 
I don't know, I think it came out in 96 or something. So when I was like seven or eight years old, I completely memorized all of the lyrics to the song Hellfire, which is speaks to both the darkness of, of the, the story material. and apparently the darkness of my seven-year-old soul. <laughs> she led a dark. Um, yeah, the, dar- the darkness is really, Lauren, all I remember about that movie. I... It was one of those ones that I saw once. I've I've only seen a couple of the classics once. I'm not a, I'm not happy about it. I've only seen Little Mermaid once. I've only seen Lion King once. Um, but yeah, all I remember is the is the opening plot of throwing throwing the baby down the well. Um, really stuck with me. Really affected me. Can't imagine why. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Um, do you think that the Do you think that the film The Ring is a sequel to Hunchback of Notre Dame. It's like it's like one of those things where people think every Leonardo DiCaprio movie is like is just in a timeline <laughs> in the same universe. Every every so movie that includes Leonardo a child DiCaprio. and a well is in the same universe. <laughs> Lassie, right? Yeah. <laughs> the, kid, the kid in Lassie actually was thrown in the well as a baby and grew up in the well. It took Lassie thirteen years to find the child. <laughs> Uh, turns out Lassie active. is actually less helpful than you might think. <laughs> then it cracked up to me. <laughs> well, that's the easy. That's the Easter egg. The, the Easter egg in the ring of Naomi Watts and her son finding the uh, the dog bones on the outside <laughs> of the well <laughs> when they're investigating Samara's murder is uh, it's a nice little nod to the its spiritual right. spiritual it's grandfather. Also, Tiki Tiki Tembo takes place in the same universe. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, and then that real life story about about the kid that gets rescued from the well. Right. <laughs> yeah, the kid who was trapped in a well. Also, Jack and Jill, kind of the, the the nursery rhyme. <laughs> the original. Uh. Um. Uh. Uh, the next movie is Pocahontas Two. Would you guys like to guess what the subtitle of Pocahontas Two is? And actually, I know just, I'll say this. I'll say this. I do think it's pretty clever. Oh, maybe I don't know it. Or maybe you and I just have different, <laughs> different definitions of cleverness. <laughs> what do you think it is, Lauren? I thought it was Journey to a New World. Yeah, isn't that clever? Let me tell you I why I think it's, It just seems like it's what it's happens in the second. Well, the reason I think it's clever okay, so. is that from a European perspective... And in all, you know, when you hear the phrase New World, it's from a European perspective, typically. And from a European perspective, North America is the New World. But from Pocahontas's perspective, Europe is the New World. So I think it's kind of cool that they co-opt the phrase New World and put it in the perspective of a character whose perspective we don't often get. Oh, yeah. I kind of like that. I can drive with that. Yeah. It's a... It's a little bland at first, and you're right. I didn't think it was clever when when Lauren first guessed it, but it's got kind of that fridge, that nice fridge logic. Yeah, that, that comes up, comes out later. Yeah, Lauren. I, I yeah. Well, I like it a lot. I just feel like the Disney execs were like, "All right, what are we going to call it? Uh, she goes to a new place. Let's call it Journey to a New World." <laughs> well, forgive awesome. you know what, Lauren. Forgive me for seeing the best in people. Forgive me. <laughs> yeah. The Disney execs were like, how about this? A whole new world. <laughs> and, uh, and one of them was like, uh, 
guys, we did that already. <laughs> and then they slept on it, and someone came in with Journey to a New World. Yeah. Um, I guess I also oh, here it have comes. seen here comes the movie, the and there is a character named Uta Matamakin. Yeah. Who is like just a a really, really racist, like stereotype yeah. of a Native American. Okay. Well, I haven't technically seen the film, man. So, uh, I, I will... so I guess I just also like it's hard for me to reconcile that with sure, sure, sure. right. Uh, the Little Mermaid too. Any guesses as to what the subtitle on that is? Um. I want my tail back. <laughs> I, is it just Ursula focused? Is it an Ursula spotlight? <laughs> it's no, not. She's actually. dead. It's just called okay. body language. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I again. I know what it's about. Do you really? Yeah. So you really have seen all of these? I actually have. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, would you like it's, to give us a rundown? Uh, would like- you like to give us a rundown of the plot? Yeah, sure. So Ariel has a daughter named Melody who has the reverse problem of Ariel in that she wants to be a mermaid. Very good. Um, And who is the primary villain? I don't really remember. The patriarchy. (laughs) As always. Put some clothes on. Can't Uh, wear that bikini around. The primary villain is actually Ursula's sister, Morgana. So I, I think an appropriate subtitle for The Little Mermaid 2 would be The Little Mermaid 2, A Family Affair. Oh. <laughs> the, the actual title is The Little Mermaid 2, Return to the Sea. Oh, Ooh. dang it. It's in the same vein as Journey to a New World. Like, I really should have gone with that. Yeah. Return to the Sea. That's kind of nice. It's kind of an H.P. Lovecraft uh, shadow over Innsmouth kind of. <laughs> Kind yeah, of the plot. old gods. The old gods do make an appearance. Yes. <laughs> you know, I. It's kind of a. I feel like when, when people have conversations with their children about like, when I was a kid, they should just show them the Little Mermaid and then the Little Mermaid Two in succession. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it's like when dreams die. <laughs> like. Yeah. Oh, well, you want this? Well, it wasn't all so good back then. <laughs> Let me tell you a little story about Ariel and her daughter, Melody. <laughs> the kid just is so confused as to what lesson they're supposed to be learning. <laughs> yeah. They're like, wait. So what do I, lo- what do, what should <laughs> I love about myself? <laughs> Who am I in this? Do what? I have to sell my voice to a sea witch? <laughs> yeah, what's, what's okay? To, what's okay to give up? For for romance, <laughs> and I mean it's just lust, right? Eric can't be that interested in Ariel based on anything but her looks. I don't know. I've always been bothered right, by that right, story. Right, as as we brought up earlier in this podcast, ugly people don't deserve love, <laughs> and beautiful people deserve love at any cost. <laughs> at any cost, Lauren. I don't know if you remember this part from the movie, but apparently at the end. Triton, Ariel's father, encases encases Morgana, the villain, in a block of ice, which then sinks underwater. Uh, But hey, you guys, ice doesn't sink. 
Mm. He's, a, he's a king of the sea. He can manipulate matter. I really thought you whatever way be, you want. I really thought you guys would be more outraged about this. What sort of message does it send to our children? Wow. Um, if ice sinks in a movie, they're never going to take that movie seriously. <laughs> That's true. Is Morgana related to uh, the Morgana of of Arthurian legend? One one can only assume. She had her own return to the sea. Hey, Lauren, you've been very good at at the plot points and the uh, the plot points and the and the kind of problematic messages of these films. I'm impressed. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, very good. The next movie that I want to talk about is a movie called Cinderella 2. Any guesses about the subtitle of that one? Um, say yes to the mouse dress. <laughs> Cinderella 2. Cinderella 2, time to kick some ash. <laughs> Cinderella 2, uh, the shoes on the other foot. Cinderella 2, I'm going to go with like the same. So, logically... If if Pocahontas' journey to a new world and Little Mermaid has returned to the sea, I'm going to say ashes to ashes. <laughs> Cinderella 2, Genesis story. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Um, unfortunately, um, no, none of those are true. It is Cinderella 2, dreams come true. Wow, very different. Very Lauren, different. I liked yours a lot better. <laughs> exactly. Kind of the idea, kind of the idea that like uh, to really transcend socioeconomic class, it takes more than one night of dancing. <laughs> it's a it's a long hard road out of servitude. Um, Cinderella three also exists. Any guesses on the subtitle of Cinderella three? Dreams come true again forever. <laughs> Uh, Cinderella 3, nothing is new under the sun. <laughs> nothing is new under the sea. Oh, yes! Crossover oh. hit! It's, it's, a, it's a crossover. It's a crossover hit. I think it should be a story of how the, uh, the animals who, who made her um, have just been neglected in her new life of, of affluence, and they come back kind of asking for their just rewards, and they call it just desserts, and they call it... Uh, if you give a mouse a cookie. <laughs> Cinderella 3, if you give a mouse a cookie. He'll want some uh, representation to go with it. <laughs> in fact, it is, uh, it is called Cinderella 3, A Twist in Time. Ooh. Oh, they do time travel? Yeah, it's crazy. Any guesses as to what the, uh, the slogan of the movie is? Bippity boppity. Booyah. <laughs> 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 it stars Ice T, and it's and it's actually the Terminator who comes back in time. <laughs> Beepity boppity boo! Oh. <laughs> oh, Austin, that was uh, a nice tag team that we just had there. It really was. Uh, you want to go offline and start our own podcast? <laughs> yeah, no, see you, Tony. No, you need me. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, Austin. Who will come up with the titles? <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> the tagline is actually what if the slipper didn't fit oh, oh. Gosh. yeah it is the story of the uh awful stepmother getting a hold of the fairy godmother's wand 
and shenanigans ensue. Oh, that sounds like it could have some some good tension and some good. Uh, I don't know. I I'd watch that. I'd watch that film. Well. I would as well. Then you're in luck because shall we? Shall we arrange a time? <laughs> I don't know that I need to watch it necessarily. I sort of prefer our Terminator reboot in the Cinderella universe. That's a movie I would watch. I'm here to kick some glass. <laughs> uh, which is kind of a uh, kind of what Cinderella did gently. She Just- gently kicked. <laughs> Yeah, every Flash. time I put on my shoes, I call it gently kicking my shoes. <laughs> gently, gently, deliberately, and targetedly kicking my shoes. When I put on a shirt, I say gently, gently punching my shirt on. <laughs> I always I like to headbutt hats, but very gently. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't want to think of a term for for uh, putting your arms through your sleeves. <laughs> fist my gloves <laughs> uh, gross or mittens sorry gloves you would oh, well, I'm done um. uh, inappropriate uh, yes uh, so that is how we put on our clothes our final category will be a quick one it is celebrities who have filed for bankruptcy now, your first question is, do you get the connection between this and our theme for the episode? Uh, chapter 9, right? Cha- well, yes, there are various chapters of bankruptcy that a person could file, which is why I brought it up. Chapter 7, chapter right. 11. Uh, so do you know of any celebrities who have, who have filed for bankruptcy? Nick Cage. Has he? I think, I thought he did. Well, that's possible. Yeah, I think so. It's possible. I think so. I wouldn't rule it out. I because I vaguely remember there being like tabloid headlines about just all the weird crap he was selling. Okay. Like Nick Cage like the, sells the dec- seven suits of the armor. Declaration of Independence. Independence, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> that's that's National Treasure Four. <laughs> Riley, Nick, Riley Nick Cage just, deals Riley's with his financial just trying issues. to talk him out. But uh, Ben, where? Who's who? Where's the market for that? I don't know, but I'm going to sell the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> uh. Oh, uh, so I'm going to give you some. Uh, I'm going to give you some clues as to other celebrities who have uh, who have gone bankrupt. The first one, you know, he's 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 like a bat out of cash. Meatloaf. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like a bat out of cash. Nah, 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 nah. Uh, the other clue for that one was he would do anything for love, but he won't pay his debts. Uh, yeah, he, uh, there's a. Are you guys familiar with Sporkle? I know, I know, Tony is. Yes. Yeah. So totally, totally. Uh, there's a Sporkle quiz that is, the category is things that meatloaf won't do for love, and you just have to type in that, and then the quiz is done. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. I think that uh, Fifty Cent filed for bankruptcy. He did. Right? He definitely did. Yes. He, I, um, the, the clue that I was going to give for him was get out of bankruptcy or die trying. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Hit us uh, with some more clues. I will Let's hit you with some more clues. This next guy, uh, he, you know, he might be able to pay off his debts later, but he's experiencing a financial apocalypse now. Oh. Uh, Marlon Robert Brando? Ball. No. 
Uh, he is Francis the, Ford Coppola. Yes. Really? Yeah, he's he's he, uh, at least two times he's he's uh, filed for bankruptcy. Um, wow. This next guy is a is a drummer, and I have two clues for him. the The first clue is Seven Wonders Zero Dollars. The second clue is there have been rumors that this drummer declared bankruptcy. Oh, Mick Fleetwood. Yeah, yeah. He committed Tony. Bankruptcy. I'm so. I'm so excited that you use Seven Wonders as a clue because yeah. <laughs> that's our Fleetwood Mac connection. It is. It is a Fleetwood Mac reference that you like to make. Yes. Every time we play the game, Seven Wonders. <laughs> I, I also think that it. I may have just said committed bankruptcy when I meant to say filed for bankruptcy. <laughs> Not totally sure. We'll forgive you. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Mick Fleetwood is the drummer for Fleetwood Mac, for those of you who are wondering. Seven Wonders is a right. song by Fleetwood Mac and Rumors. Is yeah, I don't, I'm not familiar with a lot of drummers. He also filed for adultery. <laughs> um, I would like to adulter this woman, please. Career. I've heard that. Yeah, he, he filed for adultery and committed some bankruptcy. <laughs> he was a problem child. But hey, they made some of their best music as a result of uh, interband financial and romantic strife. That's true. Um, Some of their best songs are about the the details of of uh, getting one's finances in order. The, it's true. The next um, singer, the next singer, probably wishes he could get some petty cash. He, Tom Petty. Yeah. Oh, you guys both said it at the same time. <laughs> um, yes. He he committed bankruptcy. Commit. God darn it. He filed for bankruptcy when he was trying to break free from his label. Like his label had been bought by somebody, and he wanted to like get out of that, so he committed. I don't, I don't, I don't know exactly. <laughs> so, so, what did he do? <laughs> he, he filed for bankruptcy as an effort to get out of the uh, the contract he had with his his uh, record label, which is kind of cool. Old Yeah, what a what a hypocrite! Yeah. I won't back down unless it's from a legally binding contract. <laughs> I'll back out. <laughs> Yeah, I won't back down, but I will we'll back, back out. out. <laughs> but I'll back right out. The next singer knows all too well that sometimes girls just want to have the assets necessary to pay back their debts. Cindy mm. Lauper? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Quick. Very, very well done. Her true color was not green. <laughs> it was it was red. <laughs> it's not green or black, I guess. Those are both financial. <laughs> I also found out that uh, Oprah Winfrey has had at least two interviews with people about their bankruptcy status because uh, in, in reading an article about celebrities that have filed for bankruptcy, two of them are quoted from Oprah interviews talking about their bankruptcy. Goodness. Oprah's one of those people that just like can talk to anyone about anything and it's okay. Yeah. She, sort of, she sort of is the nation's therapist. Yes. Yeah, uh, MC Hammer and Sinbad both declared bankruptcy and both had to tell Oprah that. Well, both of them actually bo- wanted to wanted to set the record straight that their their bankruptcy was not a result of frivolity. But that's a, that's a tough argument to make. Right, uh, MC Hammer. Did it come from uh, the legal battle over uh, Super Freak? Oh, I don't know. Because I down and down and down. Yeah, man. That could be. So, uh, 
I, my friend Chewie and I covered uh, Can't Touch This in a talent show in college. Um, that's that all go? for that story. How that go? <laughs> <laughs> did you then yeah, six years great. later file bankruptcy? We did not. Okay. It, it's, a, it's a long, it's a very long uh, performance. So six <laughs> years from now, we'll go back to Taylor. Right, you're doing, and, you're doing a cover version of MC Hammer's Life. Yeah, we'll do we'll do a two man play about <laughs> Sammer's bankruptcy. Um, it wasn't it wasn't just Chewy. I don't know if Corbin or Nate or uh, or Josh are also listening. Uh, they were involved as well. Oh, it was a group. So, there. yeah, it was a group. Well, cool, you guys. Yeah, those are the three categories: chapters and books, Disney sequels, and celebrities that have committed. Gosh darn it! Where, where committed bank? What is that from? Like, why do I say that? Anyway, you guys, this has been very fun. It really has. Lauren, thank you very much for participating. Yeah, absolutely. It was a great time. Austin, thank you for participating as well. You're welcome. We also want to say thank you to our. You know, collaborator whose whose voice you hear only in song, Jude Chuma. You guys are who are listening. We also want to thank you. And uh, you know, it's just uh, let's call this one a day, huh? Let's call it a wrap. Let's, let's call it a wrap. Goodbye. Goodbye.